You are listening to the weekly Great Governance Podcast hosted by Dr. Harlan. So why do we do what we do? We are on a mission to find and voice the hidden stories of excellence in local government so that others are motivated to lead and transform communities. We share information and profile local government practitioners and active citizens who are ethically leading change and innovation in communities and showcase this on our various digital media platforms. Colleagues, thank you very much for joining me this morning to have a discussion around knowledge management. I have with me Isaiah Engelbrecht and Paul Maponia. So colleagues, maybe you can just tell us what role you perform or play in the Tuane municipality. Uh, Isaiah, should we start with you? Okay, uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Kluter. Isaiah Engelbrecht. I'm in a department called City Strategies and Organizational Performance, located in the city manager's office. My role is a divisional head for a division called Innovation and Knowledge Management. Thank you. Paul, yours yourself, what head do you wear at the Tuane Municipality? Thank you so much, Dr. Harlan. My name is Carl Maponia. I'm the director for knowledge management in the city strategy and organizational performance under the innovation and knowledge management division. Thank you. Paul is joining us uh, in a car and that just shows the magic of technology. Isaiah is in the office, I'm in the office and Paul is in the vehicle. So that makes for an interesting conversation. Let me come to this topic called knowledge management. Firstly, Isaiah, what is knowledge management? And then perhaps, Paul, from your side, how is it that this applied at the municipal level? My understanding of knowledge management is, you know, in any organization, there's substantive knowledge, um, both tested and explicit. And uh, it's not managed appropriately. Organizations can't leverage and get value out of it. And it leads to a lot of frustration, but what's called knowledge loss. And then so in the city, that's what we're driving to have strategies, frameworks, and, and processes in place to manage that tested and explicit knowledge because with a workforce of over 20,000, the average length or duration of experience in the, in the city is quite high, I would say, at least about 15 years. And it's important to know what you have in the form of knowledge. Okay. Well, anything that you would like to add there in terms of a definition of what knowledge management is? My understanding is that in the conduct of our uh, business and being in a municipality, the role of a municipality is to offer basic services. So for us to be able to plan and to make decisions, we rely on, you know, the wealth of knowledge and information that exists that the city, you know, creates and co-creates, you know, with its partners. And that knowledge, we need to harness it, we need to nurture it, we need to manage it so that we preserve national memory. Also to ensure that the knowledge that that is being created gets to be shared with others so that we can achieve the organizational goals. So if if we're not doing that, we're losing our intelligence as an organization. So it is quite critical. And I think that's the reason why the knowledge management capability was established in this because that belief that this wealth of knowledge that it gets created. Uh, internally, but also with partners that we need to, you know, leverage on uh, so that we can improve performance, we can improve the quality of life of citizens, you know, in the city of Swani. Thanks for sharing that and, and clarifying that. Now, if I look at your municipality, you have adopted a five-year knowledge and information management strategy and implementation roadmap. 
But isn't that exactly our problem in this country? You know, that we've got great plans, but they are seldom implemented. How do you then make sure that this is not just another document that collects dust, but that your plans actually get implemented? When we developed the strategy, part of the strategy document was to come up with a monitoring and an evaluation plan. So the sort of intervention, you know, on a year-to-year basis that we are supposed to be implementing and monitoring. So, and through our business planning processes, every year we sort of prioritize interventions that we need to implement. Of course, you know, not most of the interventions will be able to implement due to human capacity issues because in our capability, we are just only, uh, you know, four. And looking at, you know, how big the municipality is, it becomes a bit of a challenge to implement some of those. But the monitoring and evaluation plan is part of our strategy document. Due to, you know, the, the way the municipality is structured and in terms of the reporting requirements. So everything on a monthly and a quarterly basis. We monitor our targets and ensure that, you know, we meet our targets after the, you know, the business plan. Okay, so how do we, how do you get buy-in from specifically managers? You know, managers often complain in municipalities that they are overworked and they're over-regulated and they have to comply and comply. What are some of the things that the municipality has has done to ensure that there is organizational and managerial buy-in specifically? When the strategy was approved by the mayoral committee in 2021, we took a conscious decision to 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 do roadshows with different departments. What Pearl is saying is, is so true. We have campaigns um, creating awareness across departments and also, you know, demystifying what knowledge management is. And for example, we are saying we've got the numbers in terms of the known people that will be leaving the organization in the form of retirement, etc. And leaders in the organization know that if those people leave the organization, it does have an impact on the business. But as part of what Pearl is describing, there's regular sessions with departments, firstly to demystify what knowledge management is, outline the strategy of the city, and also look at ways of how to partner then um, with the respective organizations to implement knowledge management. So your unit almost acts as an internal consultant to them in terms of understanding knowledge management. Is that correct? Yeah, we are are consulting with them, but also we are laying the foundation. We are hand-holding the departments because sometimes knowledge management is, you know, not understood. So we make sure that they fully understand what the capability is all about. Mm. So, and I mean, like what Isaiah has indicated, we're running the awareness sessions in the city. And so far, we have received support and commitment from various departments and they are even giving us, you know, interventions that we need to implement. For instance, the most critical project is the knowledge harvesting, because we obtained the statistics from HR that by year 2026, we would have, you know, lost 1,240 people that are retiring. And here we're not even talking about officials that in critical positions or, or in leadership positions. So there's that urgency for us as a knowledge management capability to, you know, have the knowledge that is existing there before people leave, you know, the organization. And some of the things, they've highlighted the importance of knowledge sharing and we're hosting knowledge webinars 
on critical topics or looking at the priorities as articulated, you know, in the IDP. And we're seeing that we're adding value because our interventions are addressing, you know, the challenges that departments are faced. So, yes, in that way, Dr. Helen. Okay. Isaiah, perhaps I need to direct this question to you as well. So, and to Paul, what is the role that citizens, ordinary people, then play in knowledge management? Is there a role for civil society organizations within the municipality? Let me give a perspective and then, uh, Paul, yeah, please add to that. There's definitely a role. And if I now speak about essentially the role of our division, it's very important to partner with key stakeholders, and that's what we've been doing. And for instance, in our innovation division, working closely with the knowledge management team, we put our challenges to communities uh, in Tuani, universities, etc., and we ask for ideas because we see innovation as the process of turning knowledge into value. With that community, we co-create solutions. And I must say, we've seen quite a few successful initiatives, piloted a few projects in the city, then some are in incubation. That's important how to then turn or transform knowledge into value. And I think we leverage off of partnerships and co-create. Paul? You are quite correct, Isaiah, with regard to that. And I think when we partner with internal departments uh, in terms of hosting the knowledge webinars, on specific semantic issues, you get that they also extend invitations to community members. For instance, we had a webinar around waste management and because it's a critical issue in the city, so there were, uh, you know, community members who were part of that webinar just trying to understand how we are handling that as but apart from that, we do, uh, you know, partner with, you know, academic and research institutions in terms of, you know, our knowledge management interventions. For instance, the National School of Government, we did partner with them when we did our knowledge and information management capability assessment, but also being part of their knowledge management conferences and many other platforms where we engage on the work that we do. Like yesterday, we had a session with City of Joburg where they wanted us to uh, share with them how we link knowledge management to our business strategy. And our sort of session or presentation was well received. And they've now requested that we also come to the provincial legislature to even deliver that presentation because it makes sense in terms of how we articulated, you know, knowledge management and its value in terms of, you know, the work that is happening, you know, in local government. Just add something very quickly. To say that apart from sometimes facilitating benchmarking um, with other institutions, what Pearl and them also do, which is awesome, and you're familiar with this process, when institutions or students want to do research in the city, the knowledge management team facilitates that process Mm. and look at proposals and approval. But at the end of the research, we generally, where possible, create a platform for students to come and present the findings to the city and then have engagements around that so that we learn from each other. And I think that's quite a quite an important element as well. And do you sometimes take their recommendations? Because, you know, a, a lot of research is done and then it also collects dust. Is there then space for the recommendations to be considered? Definitely. I think there was a stage about two years ago as the Innovation and Knowledge Management Division, we were requested to come to Expo and present around the studies that have been done by students and also indicating, you know, the issues that are coming out of those studies. Normally, once researchers have completed their studies, we give them a platform to 
you know, to share the findings in a form of a webinar. But we also say, let's look at the recommendations. And I think in most cases, the findings or the recommendations that come out of those studies, you get departments acknowledging and saying that they will then need to um, improve the manner in which they do things. I think what then is needed is during the business planning phase, those recommendations need to be sort of highlighted so that the business planners, when they facilitate the you know, uh, the development of business plans, they can then uh, emphasize that these become part of, you know, their KPIs so that we don't lose that. So for us to ensure that the research doesn't gather dust, we create a knowledge platform because a thesis or a research report can be shared. Yes, we do put it on the portal, but you may find people not having time to read. When you give them a platform, they then understand better what problem was being addressed and what is it that they would need to then prove on. And we ensure that the leaders in that specific department become part of the sessions and to then have some resolutions based on the findings. If you recall, Isaiah, I mean, we had the one in environment and I mean, uh, you would have the head of uh, uh, environment departments, you know, make some uh, you know, resolutions pertaining to the findings. So it's how we try to ensure that uh, what we have gathered doesn't gather dust in the shelves. We want departments to fully appreciate, uh, you know, research that is coming and to also improve the manner in which that is done. Obviously, some of the interventions would then trigger uh, one of our capability in the division, which is continuous improvement, which their role is to view process maps and do standard operating procedures to ensure that, you know, the services that they offer, they are delivered in a more effective and efficient manner. Okay. So, you know, you've not touched on the implementation, and but now Deputy Minister of Finances in a report earlier this year said that up to 80% of our problems in local government are due to politicians. Now, my question then is, do politicians have a role to play in knowledge management? Yes, they do have a role to play because, remember, they are at the grassroots engaging with communities. And the work that politicians do, they gain some insights in terms of community problems. And if I were to share in terms of the platforms that I used to participate in through the South African Cities Network, for instance, in Buffalo Municipality, they had a very beautiful uh, structure in terms of having their political uh, knowledge management champions. And we appreciated how they involved, uh, you know, the politicians in the knowledge management component. So... Yes, they do have a role to play because a wealth of knowledge, you know, you also gain it from citizens, from customers. And that insight is quite critical for us as a city to consider so that we are able to prove the manner and which services are delivered, you know, in this. Okay. Just expand a bit of, uh, I didn't quite hear what you said, what they do at Buffalo City. Is there a, a platform for politicians and officials to talk about knowledge management? Definitely, yes. Um, there used to be uh, one of the councillors who was beheading being a, a political knowledge management champion. Okay. And uh, she used to come to our knowledge management reference group to share 
what is it that they're doing as councillors from a knowledge management point of view? Okay. So, uh, and, and I think various cities appreciated their model to say they managed to get a, an ambassador that also went to advocate to other politicians to play a critical role in knowledge management. So, yeah. Okay, thanks for clarifying that. Azai, would you want on the political side or are you going to steer away from it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think Paul has covered it well. Perhaps we'll just make this one point that when we have our internal webinars discussing various critical topics um, to the city, we often have politicians attending those and also sharing insight. And I think that that's quite valuable to make sure that we... Well, firstly, be on the same page, but also learn from each other. Yeah. Okay. So, so colleagues, I'm moving towards the end of our interview now. Is there a link between records management and knowledge management, or is it the same thing? It's not the same thing, but there's a link. Remember, records management is about making sure that all the transactions, administrative transactions, all the things that you do are properly recorded and archived, mm. right? Yeah. But Whatever that is archived could be valuable, you know, information that could be used in terms of shaping, you know, our programs and services. So knowledge management, according to me, is about connecting people to people and connecting people to information. And whereas with records management, it's around the work that we do, we need to ensure that all our reports are properly documented, recorded, so that when your Auditor General, when he or she comes, they then have access to how we have managed the administration. All right, colleagues, just a final question then. You know, is there a link between knowledge management and skills development and the learning organization? Yes, there is a link. Because when we run knowledge management programs, remember here we're saying, uh, knowledge exists in people's brains, right? People have vast experience, it's got, well, certain skills for them to be able to do the work. So there's a link around that. And say so when we do knowledge audit, you also look at, you know, knowledge gap. And uh, when you look at the knowledge gap, you say, okay, internally in the city, we're lacking in one, two, three areas. And you then look at interventions that will then bring about skills development. Some of the interventions to address the skills gaps, they do happen through the Tony Leadership Management Academy. But some of the interventions we do through the knowledge seminars and workshops where we bring external experts to come and share with us in a specific area where we see that we are learned. So apart from that, we do facilitate uh, knowledge benchmarking exercises. So where you go to another municipality to, uh, you know, learn about their processes, their systems, their policies and all that, and then benchmark to see where you are. And then when you come back, you then look into how can we adopt, you know, certain best practices that, you know, you would have learned from other so there is that link. In terms of the learning organization, yes, part of our strategy talks about that. Because in, when we implement programs, when we implement projects, there are big lessons that we learn. And we always say 
people need to be reflected. You need to reflect on a regular basis. For instance, in my capability, when we move towards the end of the financial year, we, me and my team, we have a long session where we review every program within knowledge management to say, okay, so how have we, uh, you know, delivered this program? What went wrong? What went well? Where can we then improve? And this is something that when we also go do the knowledge management awareness sessions, we also emphasize around that. So where we're telling people about the different knowledge management tools that people can use. And knowing that the city delivers most of its work through projects to infuse uh, some of the KM tools, like your after action review, where we're saying review how you conceptualize, you implemented the project and look at the challenges that you have experienced. How have you addressed those challenges? What strategies did you put in place to make sure that, you know, the project is fully implemented? So we are a continuous learning, you know, organization. And, and I mean, I think those that are managing projects is part and parcel of the project methodology where they would then review. We also emphasize and to say, even the services, people need to keep on reviewing the services that they deliver. What is it that is going wrong? Yeah. Okay. Final, final question then. Three things from you or two things from you, both of you. If a municipality is listening, uh, where do we start if I want to implement knowledge management? And what specific recommendations would you share with the local government CETA specifically, and how do we get knowledge management right in municipalities? Look, for me, I would say it has to be firstly practical, because quite often with programs like knowledge management and others like even um, quality management, innovation management, people tend to see it as you're adding to their work um, and not necessarily adding value. So in as much as it's very important for us to have our strategies and frameworks in place, we have to communicate the practical side of knowledge management and how departments or internal customers will get value from that process. And then one way of doing that is, is around making sure that there's alignment with the KPIs of the respective departments. We have been working on it. We're not there yet, but we have knowledge management, for instance, in the, in the performance contracts of leaders in the city so that there's alignment in why we drive this. One example in terms of making sure that it's linked, Pearl spoke earlier about uh, knowledge harvesting, and you asked about the link between knowledge management and, and skills development. So one of the processes in the knowledge harvesting process, a sub-process, would be to say once we've identified these critical employees, harvested the critical knowledge, we need to then package uh, what's important to the city, uh, for instance, in, in training material. And that material, perhaps by the person themselves that we knowledge, uh, harvested the knowledge from or someone else, we can then train people with less experience to make sure that there's a transfer of that knowledge. So I would say very important to make sure that um, it's aligned to the strategic objectives of the department. They must see the value that you want to contribute to them. Lastly, um, Dr. Peter, I would say regular engagements, having sessions where knowledge, well, webinars or various um, sessions where people can engage on certain topics and learn from each other. I mean, as we speak, Pearl and I will be going to our climate change research conference that's happening um, since yesterday in our chambers, where researchers come in and share the research and we engage with them as a city. Thank you, sir. Okay.
Well, final thoughts from your side? The first thing is to have your change in communication management plan, but to also obtain buy-in and commitment from the leadership. And we also need resources for us to be able to mainstream and implement knowledge management because without resources, we won't be able to implement some of those interventions. And as well, that you would want an ambassador at a leadership level to champion uh, an advocate for knowledge management programs. I think local government-wise, we need a local government knowledge management framework where it could become a blueprint in terms of how knowledge within municipalities should be treated, harnessed, and managed as sort of a point of departure in that regard, ensuring that such AKM programs and in municipalities are monitored on a regular basis and they are sort of showing impact regarding what is being implemented in local government. But to be able to see a growth path, if you are adopting a capability maturity model, so when mainstreaming within local government, you would then need to have a capability maturity model that you would sort of follow and then and benchmark to see where you are in terms of that maturity model and also documenting you know, local government stories that speak to knowledge management and how knowledge management is applied in the work that municipalities do. That's it from me. Thank you so much. If you loved what you heard, subscribe to our Great Governance podcast that is available free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on our HRD Governance Facebook page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Listen to learn. To the amazing and talented Great Governance team, The Voice, Mpumilani, and producer Al Ontong, respect and love. Keep the faith and let's work to make South Africa great right where we are.